I'm very nostalgic, and so I have a feeling of nostalgia today, getting to hear the two brothers preach like we've done so many times, so praise God. For just a few minutes here that we have left, if you'll look to Ephesians, the first chapter, for a number of weeks I was speaking to you in regard to the Lost Truth series. We talked about the truths in primarily in the book of Ephesians that are listed there in the basic doctrine that have been lost in the modern denominational world, in the modern religious world. Truths that once were jewels of the crown, if you will, that very few people know anything about. And if you look in Ephesians 1, we talked extensively about the six or seven subjects that are listed there, most notably the one subject that is repeated, you will remember, I preached two messages on it because it's repeated, is predestination, which is not an ugly word or a byword. It is your salvation. It is part of the uh, triune God's plan of salvation. The Father predestinated, the Son redeemed you from your sins, and the Spirit gives the new birth. And so we talked extensively about that, and I'd Looking at those old truths and th- those lost truths there, is, I've looked at them hundreds of times and preached on them multiple times, and it never gets old. It's just a wonderful blessing to go back and look at those things. Today we come to Ephesians 1 and 12, which turns the view back towards you as the child of God. That's the way I look at it. Now everything about what we've looked at is you as a beneficiary of it. You get the benefit of it, but this really brings it back home to you. Let's read in verse 12, that we should be to the praise of his glory who first trusted in Christ, in whom ye also trusted after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that ye believed, you were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession under the praise of his glory. So we want to talk today for a few minutes, and I want to just make this statement. So you're engaged. Tell me about your spouse, your future spouse, because that's what this is talking about right here. The Holy Spirit of promise, the earnest of your inheritance. If you recall about a year or so ago, we spoke about that word earnest, and it is the Greek word arabon, which if you ask a young Greek woman today, uh, about that, you know, do you understand what Arabon is? If she's an engaged young woman, she knows immediately today that that's referring to her engagement. And also remember this, engagement back in those days in that culture was the pinnacle point. Now, the wedding was awesome. It was just the icing on the cake. But the engagement began in many ways the marriage. You think about Joseph and Mary. She was engaged to marry Joseph, and it was a big deal that he was thinking about putting her away. So it, it would literally be like him divorcing her when they were only engaged. So I'm trying to make the point to you that the engagement in that culture was the beginning of the marriage. They might even refer to the number of years that they had been together back to the date of the engagement, right? Right? So the question is, in this context right here, so you're engaged. (laughs) Because that's literally what it means. That the Lord has put the Holy Spirit of promise, the engagement ring of the King, is in your heart. 
Now, I want you to understand very clearly, this is something beyond the new birth. This is not the new birth. It can't be the new birth. Look at the sequence. It says in verse 12, verse 13, you trusted after you heard the word of truth and after you believed, you were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. This is not the new birth. When he speaks of the engagement ring of the king, the Holy Spirit of promise, that which sealed them was not the new birth. And I'm just going to be honest with you. This is a lost truth. This is a lost truth. We've lost sight of the engagement that God has given us. It's, it, it is the covenant of marriage that is sealed by the Holy Spirit of promise. And you can only get that by believing and trusting in the Lord. You see, every born-again child of God does not get this. Because every born-again child of God is lost and they've never heard it maybe. So, you're engaged. What can you tell me about your spouse, your future spouse, your husband? In this case, it's the husband. But those of you that have been engaged or may get engaged one day, I want you to think in those terms. You know, what can you tell me about your future spouse? Okay? So, I love engagements. I love to hear the details, don't you? I love to hear, where did you ask her? Where did where'd you go? What did you do? What was the circumstances? You know, I love to hear those details because they're beautiful. But can you imagine this? You know, tell me about your engagement. And, and you, one, you young ladies, one of you young ladies gets engaged and and this is your experience. And you say, oh, let me tell you about my engagement. Oh, it was a beautiful setting. You know, the sun was setting and, you know, everything was set up just right. It was in the park or whatever. And he looked at me and he said, okay, I'm asking you to marry me. And if you don't marry me, I'm going to burn you in the lake of fire. Doesn't make any sense, does it? Or, listen. Yeah, there's the beautiful picture. He's on his knee and he looks up at her with the ring holding out and he says, listen, if you don't marry me and you leave here tonight and you die in a car wreck, you're going to burn in the lake of fire. Marry me. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense, does it? That's not love. That's fear. Oh, I better marry him or I'm going to burn in the lake of fire. <laughs> See, this is not talking about becoming a child of God. And it's also, when you think about it in terms of that, that's not our Lord. Fear is not part of love. I don't have a single fear in my mind that my sweet wife does not love me. And I certainly don't fear in my mind that if, you know, if I don't continue to love her, that she's going to burn me in the lake of fire. You see, that's not the God of the Bible. That's not what God teaches. Well, you better do this or else. Could you imagine a young man asking a young woman, let me just go ahead and tell you, if the young man says that to you when you get engaged, you better marry me or else. <laughs> you better not. <laughs> See, that is not the Holy, that is not akin to or a picture of the Holy Spirit of promise. The Holy Spirit of promise, the promise ring of God, the covenant ring of God, is a special sealing, S E A L, a special sealing of the Holy Spirit that only the believer can have. It's only the believer. And I submit to you that I'm not saying that nobody else in the world can have this. I, I think that. And primitive Baptists are not the only ones that can have this. But you understand, there is a special understanding in knowing exactly what God has done for you and foreknowing you and predestinating you and, and touching you with His Spirit and paying for you on the cross. That's special. It's different. It's not out there that much. 
And I think it lifts up your eyes to heaven to see just how great your husband is in your salvation and your life. The Apostle Paul brings them back to this and he says, remember, you heard the word of God and you trusted after you heard and then you believed and then you were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. Now, the word heard, I think the belief and trust are kind of interchangeable, but I have placed them as Hearing, believing, trusting, and being sealed by the Holy Spirit. That's how I have chosen to do it. I think you could interchange believe and trust because they're very similar, but a little bit different. So to hear just means to hear with the ear. You know, this, this ties directly into Romans, the 10th chapter, okay, which is not the Roman road to salvation. Romans 8 is the Roman road to salvation. Romans 10 is the, ro- the Roman road to gospel salvation, to church experiential salvation. It's talking about what Paul is talking about right here okay in Romans the 10th chapter it says how can a man hear about the truth except a preacher come and tell him see that's how you know Romans 10 is not talking about eternal salvation it's talking about the preaching of the gospel which is different (laughs) and just because we say it's different doesn't mean it's not important but it is not on the same level as eternal salvation it is a timely experience with the Arabon with the promise ring of the king So believe, he says you heard it, it means to hear with the ear. You believe, and it means to have faith in, to put your trust in, to commit to. And then it says that you trusted. The word trust carries the the meaning of hope with it. Like you're hoping in advance for something that's coming. See, you're hoping now for something that's coming. When it comes to the engagement of a person, they're looking forward to what? The wedding ceremony, you see? And then it says that you were sealed. The word sealed means to stamp with a signet or a private mark for security or preservation, to keep secret, to attest. Some of you who have executed legal documents, maybe, I do that a lot. You prepare the document, the person reads the document, they trust that everything's covered by the document, and they sign the document, and then I'll take a little notary thing and seal it. See, it's a seal on that document. It's a special kind of document. And the child of grace is sealed by the Holy Spirit of promise, the promise ring of the king in a special way through believing the truth. Now listen, I'm going to use my own experience, Sister Tracy's experience, I hope, I believe I speak on her behalf. But when I asked her to marry me, she already knew me, right? I didn't just walk up off the street and say, hey, will you marry me? That would have been kind of crazy. Now, I did get a little antsy, and within two weeks of knowing her, I was asking Dad, you know, what's a a gentlemanly and appropriate time frame to wait to ask a young lady to marry you? And he was like, hold on, son, you know, (laughs) slow down a little bit. (laughs) I was chomping at the bit, but she knew me when I asked her to marry me. You understand? She heard my voice say, will you marry me? Will you walk with me through this life? I had a ring right there. She, She already knew me. See, the point is the child of God already knows the Lord in their heart and then they hear these words from the preacher, you see? So it would have been insane for me to just walk up to her off the street, picked her out off the street and said, will you marry me? She'd have probably called the police. She knew me. I asked her to marry me. She heard my voice and she, I hope, received some great encouragement and delight in hearing those words and she trusted that I was telling her the truth and she believed me 
And then I put that engagement ring on her finger. And that sealed the deal, guys. The deal was sealed at that point. You get it? She already knew me. We already had a foundation. I asked her. She believed me. She trusted me. She said, yes, praise God. And I put the ring on her finger. And that's a sealing of that relationship, you see. Now, we put a lot of emphasis. I've joked and not joked. I've said before, this is my championship ring right here. You know, I tried to get a championship ring in sports all those years playing football, never did. And then this is my championship ring. I've told the boys at school that before. You want a real championship ring, this is it right here. <laughs> now, we put a lot of emphasis on the ring that is exchanged at the wedding. But the real championship ring is that engagement ring because that sealed the deal, you see. That took her off the market whenever I put that ring on her finger. And child of grace, let me tell you something. You are taken off the market when it comes to this world. You don't belong to this world. You don't belong in this culture. You don't belong here forever. You're only going to be here temporarily. You belong in heaven. You see, He seals you. And that's a good feeling, is it not? I want to say, I want to say and I believe that that night that she and I got engaged, that was, a great, it was one of the greatest feelings I've ever had in my life. It was a blessing. She heard me. She believed me. She trusted me. And I sealed the deal with the ring. Now, look at the sequence here. It says, in whom you also trusted, after you heard. You heard first, then you believed, then you trusted, then you were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. I ask you, have you ever had that? He said, well, what exactly is it? Well, I'm not going to say it's some kind of feeling of euphoria or anything like that. And I'm not going to tell you, well, it's the spirit of enthusiasm like you see at the ball games where people go crazy you know, yelling for their team, which I've done that too. That's a different spirit. I'm talking about the Holy Spirit of promise that speaks to you within your heart and confirms what the Word of God says and says, you are mine. You are destined to be my bride. You see, it hasn't got to be something that that makes you shout, although it's okay to shout. It doesn't have to be something that makes you yell out amen, although it's okay to amen. It might do that. You know, it's not some kind of mystical thing. It is a spiritual thing that happens to the child of God when they believe the truth of salvation by grace. You see, the Apostle Paul writes this right after he's told them about redemption through the blood of Christ, where your sins were paid for by Christ. He writes this to them and tells them, your sealing of, by the Holy Spirit, it comes through your belief of how God has predestinated you to be adopted as His child. And we're, we're headed towards a marriage supper in heaven. You see, the date for the marriage is set by God. We don't know when it is, but thank goodness the husband, the great husband knows. <laughs> You see, and your sealing by the Holy Spirit is just the down payment. By the way, in the Word of God, this is a Hebrew word, Arabon, is a Hebrew word that was translated into the Greek as Arabon. And it comes from the Old Testament. It's almost the same word in the Old Testament. And you'll find it most notably in a couple places. It is the word surety which is a down payment or a security of what is yet to come. And it's what Judah did. You'll most notably find it when Judah said, I will be surety for my brother Benjamin when he stood in front of Joseph. He also told his father that, and that was the key for the father, Jacob, letting him go down there and take Benjamin. He said, I'll be surety for him. I'll be the Arabon for him. I will be that which will secure the return of the boy, of the young man. So he substituted himself. He said, take me. 
Is that not significant to the engagement ring that the Lord has given us in our heart, that sealing? The Son of God Himself has been the surety and substituted Himself so that you didn't have to go through what He went through to secure your presence at the marriage supper one day. And it's not like the situation with Sister Tracy and I where I saw her and literally fell in love at first sight. And it probably took her a few more sights before she fell in love. But I fell in love at first sight. And and she was beautiful inside and out and so forth and so on. But listen, there was nothing attractive about us. There was no beauty of us to desire. You see, we were dead in our sins. And the Lord just remade us. You understand? He took us from nothing. He took us from deadness. We were not attractive. We were not beautiful we were not seeking him and he took us out of that and he said i will make you what i want you to be and that's how good god is and that's the mercy of god (laughs) and i tell you i think that's something that's important to understand when a couple is married or going to be married it's that kind of devotion it's that kind of devotion i will stand by my covenant no matter what storms of life may come at me The Lord has said, I will stand by my covenant no matter how the centuries pass, no matter how the millennia pass. I I stood by my covenant before the foundation of the world, and I'll stand by it whenever the world burns, and you'll be with me forever in a great and wonderful place. (laughs) Elsewhere in the Old Testament, the word Arabon occurs as mortgage. And then in Jeremiah, the 30th chapter, it occurs as engagement. You know, with this ring, I thee wed. I know that's usually said in the actual ceremony, but the Lord sees it as He is married to you. And you receive that special experience of of enjoying that right here and right now. I told you, Sister Tracy, she heard my proposal. She believed I was sincere. She trusted that I was telling her the truth. And I sealed the deal with the ring. You can run this in the book of Acts with anybody you encounter from the Apostle Paul to Cornelius. Anybody you encounter who follows the Lord. The jailer, you can run this with any of them. You see, the Cornelius in Acts 10, he heard Peter preaching the gospel. He's already born again. He already has a relationship with the Lord. He's already doing good things in the community and serving God and leading his house. He heard Peter. He believed the message that Peter preached. He trusted that Christ was his Savior. And then he was sealed in verse 44 of Acts 10. The Arabon came to him. You see? That's what's going on in the book of Acts, by the way, when you see the Holy Ghost falling upon people. It was a special way in which the Holy Ghost confirmed, you are my child. You are my future bride. See? So tell me about your Prince Charming, your, your, your future spouse. Or tell me about your spouse. Or tell me about your experience that you had. There was no threat to burn in the lake of fire. That's ridiculous. You heard, you believe, you trust, and you're sealed by the Holy Spirit, the ring of promise. I was trying to get a Lord of the Rings quote out of that, Brother Luke, but I hadn't quite figured it out. Maybe you did. But, you know, this is the good ring. It's not the ring of, it's not the, ring, the evil ring of power. This is a good thing that God confirms to you when you trust and when you believe. I love one-liners. I've used a lot of one-liners in sermons and developed sermons on one-liners. I'm just an old songwriter. You know, I just like the, like the catchy phrases. And I think Brother Eric, at his prayer, said one of the most catchy phrases that I have heard in a long time. Did y'all catch it? And I've just got to share it. <laughs> he said in his prayer, the Lord can deliver us from anything, right? 
He can. Now, whether he does or not, like the Hebrew children said, you know, he's still God, even if he doesn't deliver us from the fire. But the Lord can deliver us from anything. But one day, thank you, Brother Eric, one day he will deliver us from everything. Isn't that great? Isn't that the final icing on the cake, I think, to put on this message? (laughs) Which I hope didn't distract away from what Brother Neil shared and what Brother Luke shared. I tell you, I trust the Lord. I've heard the gospel many, many times. Heard it yesterday. Heard it this morning. And I trust the Lord is telling us the truth. He is truth, right? I believe and I have that great anticipation that something's coming, that deliverance is coming. And whether He delivers us from anything now, He will deliver us from everything somewhere down the road. And until then, I'm just going to keep enjoying the engagement. Rejoicing in that engagement. But one day, the supper's coming. The marriage supper's coming. I tell you, this is a lost truth. You have heard the gospel. Trust that it's the truth because of the resurrection of Jesus. It has to be true. Believe that He means what He says. And I believe that what He's written in my heart is, is the truth. And enjoy the sealing of the Holy Spirit, that spirit of promise. The Lord can deliver us from anything. And one day as His bride, as His children, He is going to deliver you from everything. Praise be to God. If there's one or more here that has heard and trusts and believes and feels that sealing of the Holy Spirit, then there's nothing better to do than to follow the Lord in New Testament baptism.